This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. Tunnel to Towers Foundation presents the Judge Jeanine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. I hope you're enjoying your day so far. It is a beautiful day here in New York City, and as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. There's so much that happened this week in America. We've got the the shooting that occurred in Uvalde, Texas, and the uh, ramifications of that. We've also got Joe Biden talking about uh, taking away guns, and everybody on the left have decided that there's one way to solve all of these mass shootings, and it's to take away AR-15s, and now he's talking about handguns. Who knows why, but uh, he's talking about 9mm handguns. And the one that is uh, fascinating is the uh, Amber her Johnny Depp trial, which has fascinated America. Two individuals who have a dysfunctional or had a dysfunctional marriage at best going at it, uh, unearthing all of their uh, privacies, and America was quick to watch it, and the verdict came down this week. But first, it's time for my opening statement. Now, it was Depp heard Judgment Day this past week, Johnny Depp verdict. Johnny Depp wins his defamation case against his ex-wife, Amber Heard. A jury awarded him $15 million to Depp and $2 million to Heard. But when you break it down, there was $10 million that Johnny Depp got in compensatory damages. That means money losses as a direct result of Amber Heard's defamation, a defamation of Johnny. And $5 million in punitive damages. That means that uh, they felt that she needed to be punished in addition for her callousness, her viciousness, and her maliciousness in uh, basically defaming Johnny Depp and ruining his career. The issue pretty much resolves around this. Did she, in writing that op-ed piece in 2018, did she honestly and truthfully say that she was a victim of domestic violence. And you you may recall that the op-ed was entitled, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. This has to change. Now, she says, you know, and her lawyers say, it's not clear she was talking about Johnny Depp. I mean, really, do they think we're stupid? In the op-ed itself, She says, two years ago, I became a public figure representing domestic abuse, and I felt the full force of our culture's wrath for women who speak out. The truth is, everybody knew that two years before this op-ed, she went to court to try to get a restraining order against Johnny Depp. It is so clear that she's talking about Depp and absolutely disingenuous for her to suggest that she was not. But the jury, in finding Amber Heard liable for $15 million, basically said Amber Heard was impossible to believe. 
They deliberated for three days, but it really was, those days weren't that long. And although it came down to a he said, she said, the, the truth was that in any courtroom, and I would tell my jurors this when I was a judge, that you have to listen to the witnesses. Does what they say ring true? Does it fit in with all the other facts? Is it believable? And I would always charge a jury that if a witness falsely testifies in one regard, you can discount everything that that witness has said regarding the whole testimony. Now, we know that Amber Heard was not telling the truth. We know she was not telling the truth when she said that she pledged her $7 million from Johnny Depp divorce, that she didn't want it, that she gave it to the ACLU and to the uh, Children's Hospital. She did not. And she played word games with Camille Vasquez, uh, Johnny Depp's attorney, and saying, I pledged it, I pledged it. And uh, Amber Heard's attorney uh, and Johnny Depp's attorney said, wait a minute, did you give it to them? She had not. And in their opening statements, they tried to make her out to be this generous person. She also she also said that, you know, uh, the dog pooped in the bed when Johnny Depp said and apparently they had pictures. It was human feces. And she had a schizo psychotic personality. I think she was borderline, according to uh, the, the uh, psychiatrist who testified. So the question uh, is when she comes out of this, Amber Heard said, you know, I, I felt that I could say whatever I wanted. Well, Amber, you're stupid. Because if you lie about someone, even if that person is a public figure, but you do so maliciously, with malicious intent, you can be held liable as this jury held you liable for defaming Johnny Depp, ruining his career and they wanted to punish you with that five million now under virginia law that five million is automatically knocked down to three hundred and fifty thousand but i think that what amber heard did in this case was she hurt victims of domestic violence she claimed that she was speaking for all victims she was not she was the abuser she was the one who beat johnny it wasn't easy for him to testify to this and i know i started the first domestic violence unit in the nation in 1978 when men were very reluctant very afraid very embarrassed even admit that they were being hit stabbed or brutalized she hit johnny depp and there were tape recordings of it johnny you're a baby didn't i hit you hard enough she is a vicious person and what she did was she made every woman, battered women, co- woman coming after her uh, uh, suspect because of her lies and because of what she did. She thought she could come in on the battered women, Me Too movement, and be the, 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 the archangel for all women. She was just the opposite. And Johnny Depp, for all his flaws that he laid out to the jury and to the country, was willing and more than willing to admit his flaws. That is the civil justice system, folks. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's by a preponderance of the evidence. And that jury was very, very particular in their verdict. And I have the verdict sheet. And I want you to just listen to some of the questions that they were asked. Number one. Do you find that Depp has proven all the elements of defamation? Yes or no? And if you do, was the statement published by Miss Heard? Yes. Was the statement about Mr. Depp 
Yes. Was the statement false? Yes. Did the statement have a defamatory implication against Mr. Depp? Yes. The defamatory implication was designed and intended by Ms. Hurd. Yes. And due to the circumstances surrounding the publication of the statement, it conveyed a defamatory implication to someone who saw it. And the answer is yes. And if you answered yes, the jury was asked to each of these questions. Answer the following question. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven by clear and convincing evidence that Ms. Heard acted with actual malice? And the jury said yes. Folks, that's the justice system. They came up with the right decision, the right verdict. I watched this case very closely. This was a woman who clearly was lying as she testified. It was almost as though she was acting. Johnny Depp bore his soul, opened himself up, and his response when the verdict came down, I got my life back. That jury gave him his life back, and that jury made the right decision. And that's my opening statement here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. Up next on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, we will be speaking with national security and public safety expert Derek Maltz. We're going to talk about guns, the border, and fentanyl. But more importantly, we're going to talk about what they have to do with the safety of our schools. Coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Please join me in welcoming Derek Maltz of the Judge Janine Tunnel to Tower Show. Now, uh, folks, you may remember I've had Derek on uh, the show before. Uh, Derek is absolutely brilliant. Uh, he is a visionary. He's like a voice in the wilderness, to be honest with you, who's been talking about the undeclared war by China as it sends fentanyl through the southern border and through the cartels where money's being laundered and fentanyl is being brought into the United States. Uh, he is truly uh, uh, extremely knowledgeable, and if only the government uh, listened to him. He was also responsible, I just want to bring this up, for coordinating the multi-agency efforts that resulted in the capture of the Sinaloa cartel kingpin, El Chapo Guzman. All right, good morning, Derek. How are you? Good morning, Judge. How are you doing today? Oh, well, I'm very frustrated, and I'll tell you why. Um, we now have Joe Biden, uh, who feels that uh, the thing to do right now is to uh, support an assault weapons ban, and uh, he doesn't believe in hardening the schools. Uh, and now he's talking about twenty caliber, twenty-two caliber bullets lodging in the lung. Uh, a nine miller bu- bu- millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body, and uh, he's trying to c- claim a difference between a uh, revolver, I believe, and a uh, a- and a, uh, um, a-, a semi-automatic. He is, as far as he's concerned, you know, going after one of the most serious issues, and we all agree uh, that these mass shootings have to be stopped. But I find it curious that we had, I think, 107,000 drug deaths this past year, but he won't talk about the young people who are dying uh, from drugs being brought in 
from the border, but he wants to take away our guns, which I'm going to get to with our next guest, uh, in an effort to uh, prevent us from protecting ourselves. T- talk to me. Well, what's Tell me what's going on in your head on this. Okay, so first of all, Judge, we have a frightening nationwide trend. You already touched on that. Joe Biden also complained or talked about the ramifications of a chemical weapon attack in Ukraine by Russia. But what about the chemical weapon attack every single day in this country? 295 dead a day, 2,069 a week, 8,900 a month. Now, I agree the gun crisis is okay. okay. a bad shooting. Hold on, hold on. How many a day? 295 a day? 295 kids in America are dying a day from deadly drugs as the Chinese and Mexican cartels are bombing the country with this chemical weapon. And there's no talk out of the White House. Yep. Keep going. So, so Judge, you got to look at some of the trends. Just look at California. The Orange County sheriffs just released that there was a 2,200% increase in fentanyl-related deaths the last five years. Colorado just this week announced this big uh, surplus of all the fentanyl being seized this year, five months this year. They've already seized over two million of these fake pills in their Colorado. Alarming. You look at the the uh, the tribal leaders in Montana talking about how the indigenous people are dying at twice the rate of white people. El Paso DEA did another warning this week. Nine people hospitalized in a 36-hour period in El Paso. I mean, the stats are staggering. We've already seized over 6,000 pounds of fentanyl at the border. But, Judge, I was down at the border in April, and it's frightening. I went on a border visit with some former Homeland Security uh, you know, executives. But just little things like the morale of the Border Patrol, oh, the yeah. migrant processing, the paperwork. All the gotaways running into our country from all these 150 countries around the world, 50 to 60,000 a month. We have no idea who they are, where they're going. You look at the drones. They sent 9,000 drones from Mexico into America to, to surveil our Border Patrol. Judge, they always talk about how it's more humane, the process. Now, no one's talking about the stash houses with these poor women and kids that are getting raped, sexually abused. And the record level of deaths on the border. The coroner's office can't keep up with the dead bodies. And you don't hear about that on mainstream media. And the biggest joke, Judge, is that this president said that the drug crisis is an unusual and extraordinary threat to national security. But he's got a wide open border. I don't understand it. The cartels are taking total advantage of no security on the border. Okay, let let me ask you this. Now, you you said a couple of frightening things, Derek, and that's why I, I'm so glad that my listeners are getting to hear this as well. Because everything that you have been saying for the last several years that I've been talking to you, from when I had my show Justice uh, on on Saturday nights, I mean, 295 kids dying a day from this fentanyl that's being injected into pills that are counterfeit pills that are being sold where these kids are not drug addicts. These kids are, you know, they're not really overdosing. They're being poisoned. Uh, and exactly. the other, and the other issue is coroners not being able to keep up with the dead bodies at the border. But more importantly, 9,000 drones from Mexico into America during what period of time? Well, talk to me about that. That's news so, to me. 
So I got I got briefed by the officials from the DPS in Texas, Department of Public Safety, yep. and the Border Patrol in the Rio Grande Valley. Mm-hmm. Rio Grande Valley is the, is the most active sector, right? right? And it was just frightening to me as a former law enforcement guy for my whole life to hear some of this stuff. And then the morale. And then, and then the, the car chases, Judge. They yes. have these fatal car chases all over the highways because the migrants are running to get away. Then we got videos. We, we saw videos of these tractor trailers pulling in restaurants and hundreds of people get into these tractor trailers to go to the stash houses and be transported around the country. But the drones, Judge, the Mexican cartels, besides being the enemy of our children, they are operating like an army. They have the most sophisticated weapons. They're using advanced technology. They have unlimited money. They have no bureaucracy. They have no rules. And they're controlling everything at the border. So they have billions of dollars coming in from the drug business. But now they have billions of dollars coming in from the migrant smuggling, human smuggling business. But the drone thing caught my attention because, Judge, there are videos all over the Internet where the cartels have been dropping C4 explosives from drones on other cartels, okay? They're actually threatening and hurting their adversaries in Mexico. It's like a rivalry thing. So they're using these advanced drones with C4 explosives. The Internet has the videos, okay? But here's Mm -hmm. my concern. 9,000 were documented by the Border Patrol coming from Mexico into the U.S., and they actually retrieved, like, the chips on these drones so they can see exactly what the cartels are doing, how they're surveilling our people and looking for the, the vulnerabilities to get their contraband in and out of the country. So it's very alarming that nobody's taking this serious. Besides the fact they have the chemical production labs that are producing pills like we've never seen in the history of this country. Look at the one lab that was seized on October 28th. The AP reported it was producing 70 million fake pills a month in Sinaloa, Mexico. And what about the DEA administrators uh, warning that 40% of the pills that they're analyzing in the DEA labs have a potentially lethal dose of fentanyl? That's why we're seeing the most incredible and alarming stats around America that nobody's actually talking about, Judge. All right, Derek Maltz, we're we're out of time here. I'm going to have you back soon. Derek, keep talking because this is something the American families have to hear about. God bless you, and thank you for joining us on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday morning show. And never forget, that's a commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. It's T2T.org. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. Tunnel to Towers Foundation presents the Judge Jeanine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. 
Joining us now is a man with over 30 years' experience in the private government and law enforcement fields. Uh, I want you to welcome uh, Daniel Gonzalez to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Let me tell you a little bit about Danny. Danny has over 30 years' experience in the private government and law enforcement fields spanning four continents. He is still active doing his work. Now, yeah, that sounds fine. But, folks, let me tell you something about this guy. He is the real deal. He founded an organization called ExecuShield about 20 years ago with the intention to serve God by being a force for good. But don't let that fool you. This guy can be the devil if he needs to be to protect life and enforce peace. Uh, and I, I hope he understands I meant that as the ultimate compliment. Uh, his professional experience is in risk management, executive protection, law enforcement, strategic security, and special event security detail. If I were to have a problem, folks, this is a guy that I would call. He has specialized high-risk operation uh, uh, training. Uh, in law enforcement and armed security. But um, aside from all of that, uh, we're talking about someone who does it on an international scale. So I wanted folks to talk to Danny about the school shooting in Uvalde, uh, Texas. Danny, good morning. I know you're on the West Coast. It's early for you over there. How are you? Fantastic, Judge. Thank you for having me on. All right. Listen, I, I, I'm thrilled to have you on. I want to I pick at your brain a little bit. So we've got this Uvalde shooting, and as a result of this, 19 children, uh, two teachers, uh, you know, I think there were 19, ironically, police officers or 14, I don't know, in the hall waiting for 40 minutes. Uh, if I were a mother and just about any of my listeners, we would have gone in ourselves through the back way and gotten our kids. Uh, I think we can agree that it was a mistake to wait that long. Or am I wrong? So as a parent myself, I completely empathize with your statement, Judge, that you just said. Uh, one thing I wanted to, first of all, start off with is what is active shooter that we hear about all the time, and then get into a little bit the law enforcement concept and how our mindset changed, and it started in Columbine. So first, the definition of active shooter, this is by the DHS, is an individual actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people in the confined and populated area. Right. So what happened, I, I always have to go back to Columbine, and, and I was a cop at that time, and so I was part of the transition. So prior to Columbine, police officers were not trained in this concept of active shooter. Most of us had never even heard of the topic. So mm -hmm. what happened in Columbine is that the officers did exactly what they were trained to do and what the policy stated, and that was a mistake. They stood by, set up a perimeter, waited for SWAT. In the interim, a lot of death and injury occurred. So after that, the concept of active shooter uh, came up. And what that's about is that, say, you and I, Judge, we're working patrol. We get a call that there's shots fired at a school. It could be a business. We arrive. We make entry ourselves because we're trained now in making that, that entry. Now, on a side note, I have to mention that there's equipment also that agencies were issued out. And that's a whole other topic about us right. demilitarizing the police. Exactly. Which is wrong. But, right. But, uh, but anyway, I digress. Um, so after Columbine, we were all trained in active shooter. And I remember during that time that our chiefs were sending us to high schools or, you know, obviously when they were closed down and we would train, simulate uh, active shooter scenario and so forth. So we were ready mentally. So Columbine happened. And then um, in 2008, the attacks in Mumbai, India happened, which a lot of people uh, don't know that it was actually intended for Manhattan originally. FBI did a great job, uh, shut it down, 
So the attack happened in Mumbai. After that, in 2009, LAPD put together these tactics called MACTAC, multi-assault counter-terrorist action capability. And what that was was to take it a step further so that cops are not just trained for active shooter, but now conceptually, if you have a major incident such as in Mumbai, our objective, if you and I again show up, Judge, is that we're going to bypass the injured, whole different concept, and we're going to go to neutralize the threat. The whole objective is to stop further mayhem and or death. So we're all trained in a lot of these things. MACTAC is a little bit more for SWAT teams, but my point being is that all police officers do receive tactical training, and most agencies, I have to state uh, where I'm at still, we get the gear, so on top of our normal, typically police officers wear a level 3A vest, which stops uh, average yeah, guns. But, 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 but Danny, Danny, we're getting into the weeds here. Here's, here's my question. I know there was an evolution. I mean, before, but Columbine was what, 2008? Is that what you said? Uh, no, uh, Mumbai was 2008. Two, Columbine was, I believe, 2004. Okay, 2004. Okay, so it's 2022. What the hell were they waiting for? So, Judge, I have to say this because right now there are a lot of conflicting uh, statements going on. So what I do have to say is that the Texas Rangers and the FBI, they're going to be conducting an investigation. Right. We're going to have to wait for them, and they're very competent, so I'm sure they're going to come out with the facts. Because right now there's too much conflicting information on the shooter, on the circumstances. Um, I mean, my personal opinion, it's frustrating to hear that there was approximately seven. 70 minutes plus because the officers, the initial officers arrive in four minutes. So I, I have to be very careful because my, you know, all of us agree that, yeah, we would storm it, but there are a lot of facts that are going to come out and we okay. do have to wait for that as much. You as know as what? Yeah. You're being the rational person here. I'm going to tell you what I think. If I've got a 10 year old or a nine year old girl on the phone, and she's alive, her friends are bleeding out, and I got 14 cops in the hall waiting for someone with a key. Are you kidding me? And this guy with the school district, I'm sorry, Abandando, whatever his name is, is in charge of the operation. Look, I was a DA. I had 43 police departments that, that, I, that I worked with, okay? We set up command centers. We had hostage situations. You know, this isn't new stuff. Stop kidding. Let's stop kidding ourselves here. We've got a guy, and when she's on the phone, there is a shooting, okay? So it's still active shooter. Whatever this bozo decided, it was it was a barricaded situation. I don't really care because there are mothers who were running around getting their kids out of the school. Now, you can say I'm being emotional, and I am because I'm a mother, but I'm also a DA, and I've also been in law enforcement for a lot of years and a judge. And as far as I'm concerned... Kids are bleeding out while this bozo is waiting for a key, if that is the case. But let's just move on from there. Let's talk about what do they do in Israel, Danny, when they've got a situation like this? Because I always look to Israel. Sure. And, Judge, if I may comment. Uh, yes, yes. Disagree with was... me, Danny Gonzalez, please. No, I, I have to say that there's just a little bit of the, the conflict, right? One, we're trained to follow orders of the T. But right. I have to tell you that as a parent of a youngster that's in seventh grade there's no way that i would just stand by i i just can't on principle there's no way that i can see myself and those that i run with just stand by that would not happen and i know i wasn't there but that's how i feel personally 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so to go to Israel, Israel, very interesting. Uh, coincidentally, yesterday morning, I was talking to a buddy of mine who used to uh, be with the, in the Shin Bet. He ran a unit that used to intercept active shooter situations and or terrorist activity. And he said, you know, in Israel, this would have never happened, Danny. He's like, it would have been stopped in two and a half minutes, and it would have been stopped by a parent because it would have been armed. And, Whoa. Uh, he, yes, we have soldiers on the street that would have been there probably within three minutes, but the parents would have stopped it themselves because we don't tolerate it. We would not wait. And the other thing is that they also don't sensationalize it, put it too much on the news to deal with it, and so be it. So uh, they're very strong on that, and it's been a very successful model. And the issue, Judge, that I feel that we have in this country, I'll just say it, is that our mindset has just gone way out of whack. And the reality <laughs> of it is, yes. as much as it's horrible of a topic to face, we must. We owe it to the children that have died and for those that we need to prevent from dying in the future. And Well, yeah. Danny, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. Joe Biden has a single response to all this is take away the AR-15s. Now the guy's talking about handguns. He's talking about a 9 millimeter. I don't know, versus a revolver. One blows your lung out, one you can take the... Why, why is he talking about handguns now? And he's not in favor of strengthening the schools. What do you think? What I think is that these laws only affect law-abiding citizens. So what it does is that we the good people. It, it, it hardens, meaning the criminals now are going to be strengthened and emboldened to go out and create more victims. So what that's a recipe for, because the bad guys are not going to be hindered by that. They, first of all, they're not even allowed to have guns. One, two, you have ghost guns. There's like what we see in San Francisco right now with them curbing, you know, good people from having guns is get prepared for more victims because that's what's going on. And we're seeing it today. Yep, that's right. And there's no question, Danny Gonzalez from ExecuShield, that that school shooting will not be the last school shooting. And to put all this money into the teachers' unions for COVID that isn't even spent, when we can harden our schools, and apparently, you know, it goes from the door was open in the back, Danny Gonzalez, to she closed the door, but it didn't automatically lock. Um, whatever the reason is, those schools need to be hardened. And you know, the difference about Israel, Danny, that I find so interesting, interesting is that everybody goes into the uh israeli defense force you know when you're 17 male or female you get yourself an ar-15 you 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 learn how to use it these are people who understand what safety and security requires of every citizen i mean i'm i'm blown away by the israelis and how they handle it i'm so impressed with them the, yes the other thing too judge that i must mention is that uh they would only have one entry point and so when they harden the building, that's what we do, whether we're protecting an individual or, or a business, it doesn't matter. We harden the target. So we make it very difficult for the bad guy, the person with bad intent to enter. So in Israel, they would have one entryway. Two is that they would have an armed person that can deal with the threat. And keep in mind that even an armed person, you're already probably 50% at disadvantage because the gunman more than likely he's going to have a high-powered long gun or something else. Yep. Uh, the other thing that the Israelis do that's very important that we need to be a little bit better on is to pre-detect the threat by behavioral analysis. There yes. are experts on that. That's what they do at the airports. Exactly. And, you know, need need to be done at schools, too. Well, and, and this is something – oh, sorry. No, no, you go. Well, I was just going to say that one of the things whenever we go into a business, it could be a school and we do an assessment, we are only 50 percent of the solution. I always explain the other 50 percent is training the staff to have the same mindset, the mm. whole concept of 
day something and to have training as well. We're in a different time, and I know it's not a pleasant topic, but it must be addressed now. You know what, Danny, I'll tell you, I admire you, you know, for your professionalism. I mean, there's no question you can't you can't make a statement before all the facts are determined. But, you know, all of us, my viewers, too, or my listeners, I should say, all of us, you know, are frustrated. You know, we hear that, you know, in the last administration, not the Trump, but before, you know, that it's workplace violence when a guy yells Allahu Akbar and, you know, starts killing people. Um, you know, we're frustrated with the FBI. Uh, and, and I worked with them and I love these guys from the FBI. I mean, they are great. But when you get into the politics and the higher levels of the FBI where, you know, th- they're not really on the same page uh, as a lot of us, if if they were like the rank, uh, you know, the, the service FBI guys who are right on the street who know what's going on. But we can wait for all the facts to come out. But the fact that I keep coming up with and I said this when the shooting was happening, we were on air. I said these kids are bleeding out while they're waiting and the medical examiner's reports are going to prove that. And the little children that got out of that room are proving that. And, you know, you don't have to be a genius. And I understand chain of command. And I even said to someone who was on the five with me on Fox, I said, chain of command, do you always follow it? And, you know, he said, yes, and I get that. But sometimes, you know, you've got to be human about it. And I'm very, along with the rest of the country, very frustrated. And in the end, uh, your final thoughts on the idea of, you know, taking away guns. And I think I think Biden's talking about handguns now. I want you to listen to this. Biden, a 22 caliber bullet will lodge in the lung. A nine millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. He said you couldn't buy a cannon in, in when they wrote the Constitution. This guy's a he, he's like out of his league. There's not there's nothing in the Constitution that said you couldn't buy a cannon. What is wrong with this man? I I fully agree, Judge, with your statement, and um, I believe that again it's going to weaken the side of good if they continue with that. But I have to also have hope that people are starting to realize that this isn't working out. Just look at the statistics. San Francisco, L.A., I can go on and on at, of the cities out here. Yeah, Chicago. Are. Chicago. Right. But, right. Exactly. Good. Yep, yep. You take away the guns and only the criminals have a gun. I'm doing all the talking. I, why don't you just give me your final thoughts on what do we do in this country? How do we get back uh, You know, on a level playing field, at least with the criminals? Yeah, great question. Now, one of the things that is important is that we tighten up the laws and that we get rid of DAs that aren't going to prosecute. Uh, that's part of the problem. No consequences. I think I'm stating the obvious, but we're seeing it every day. Um, and uh, one thing, Judge, if, if you have time, I just wanted to go over a few uh, different uh, recommendations. Yes. The situations. Um, I have 11, but I'll be quick. Okay. Uh, training school resource officers on behavior pattern recognition following the Israeli model to encourage a more active reporting system for potential warning signs from behavior. And that we see in this case is that there were a lot of people that were realizing this guy was torturing animals, doing all kinds of stuff on social media and nobody said anything. Three is conduct more intelligence on social media, seeking the keywords that can possibly forewarn for violent behavior. Mm -hmm. Uh, Law enforcement must get back judging. This is so important. And because earlier we were talking about things being politicized, 
um, <clears throat> there's a training called Urban Shield that we were extremely active in training SWAT teams, and it was amazing. It's 48 hours nonstop to test the emergency operations centers and also our response to crises. It got shut down because of political reasons. And one of the things that we need to do is, as law enforcement is to get back to reality-based trainings at schools with stress inoculation. Mm-hmm. Uh, officers, I think, in most agencies are familiar with floor plans of the schools in their jurisdiction, but they need to continue training in ICS, which is what most of them do, and how to set up command posts with different agencies. Five, ensure that law enforcement has the proper gear and the tools to make entries provide medical aid for multiple victims and to enhance their armor, helmets, and plates. So this is going back to the topic that's getting very um, concerning is that by us removing gear from police officers, I give you a story of a local agency that could not extract an officer that ended up dying because they did not have the armored vehicle, which was taken away from them two weeks prior to that. So they could not make the extraction when they had somebody with a sniper rifle uh, that they were facing. So those are the uh, things we need to get back to ensuring that our officers have the right gear. Six is to have the school staff trained in advanced medical techniques, such as stop to bleed. And also, number seven, to ensure that there are plenty of supplies needed for trauma wounds and have them di- dis- uh, dispersed at different locations that are accessible throughout the school. Uh, number eight, at the minimum, have teachers armed with a less lethal capability so that if in the event that they're barricaded, that they can at least defend the ki- children. Now, I said less lethal because some people may not want to carry a firearm, but exactly. less lethal at least incapacitate that at least the teachers have a way to protect themselves. Me as a parent, I would want that at the minimum. Uh, Nine, have an assessment conducted on each school and ensure that there is only one main entry and that it's a hardened building by hardening the glass. There's inexpensive ways to do that. Ten, have armed security that will at least be able to meet the threat. And eleven, ensure that policymakers understand clearly what is needed to keep our schools safe. Fantastic. Is that it? I have a lot more, but I'll keep it short. Uh, that, yeah, uh, just overall, just, just um, I wanted to mention something is that we do assessments, and uh, as I mentioned before, we're a spiritually based firm. If there's anybody that has any questions, any school districts, what have you, just uh, I will personally have people or myself give uh, give them a over the phone a free uh, consultation, and and absolutely would like to help out. And this is all we got to do. It okay, for what's your website, Danny? What's your website? It's uh, www.execushield.com, execushield.com. Okay, and you know what, folks? Uh, Just so you know to all my listeners, we never do that with a guest, but I think it's important enough. Get involved with your school. Don't let them tell you what you can and can't do as it relates to your children. And Danny Gonzalez, I want to thank you for being with us. You are fantastic. I look forward to seeing you again. Uh, God bless bless you and thank you for what you do keep fighting the good fight danny you take care good god bless you and god bless america take care. thank you and never forget that's a commitment we made on 9 11 honor it by donating 11 dollars a month to the tunnel to towers foundation at t to t.org that's t the number two t.org up here next on the judge janine tunnel to towers foundation show i will gavel out with my closing argument it's all coming up here on the red apple audio network this is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Puro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Okay, it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. All right, we talked about a couple of things today. 
We talked about some very serious stuff as a result of what we saw in Uvalde, Texas, uh, the school shooting. There are calls to uh, ban assault weapons. The president is now talking about uh, handguns, saying the Second Amendment is uh, not absolute. Uh, I disagree with him. The Constitution disagrees and the Supreme Court disagrees. Of course, there can be limits, but he is totally off his rocker when he says you couldn't buy a cannon when they wrote the Constitution. I don't know where he gets that from, but the Supreme Court has made it very clear that we have the right to have weapons, certainly to defend ourselves. And for those of you who want to get rid of guns, all I would like to do is draw your attention to the city of Chicago. There, In the city of Chicago, guns are illegal. And the city of Chicago has one of the highest gun crimes uh, stats in the country. I believe that last weekend, uh, 42 people were shot. Uh, and nine or 15 were killed, whatever the number is, it's outrageous. The only people with guns there are the criminals. And the same in California. You've got guns, they've got the toughest gun laws in the country, and at the same time, the highest crime. So as far as we're concerned, it's time for us to harden our schools, to protect American citizens, and to go forward with our lives so that we can be free and protected. I can't believe we're out of time. Make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.